Welcome to the Recon Podcast. Today, Antoine and I sit down with the incomparable Axel Abyss to talk about the distinction between porn and fetish, fulfilling sexual fantasies, and we might even share some not-so-safe-for-work fisting club experiences. Please enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Recon Podcast. What? I can't believe we've done 10 episodes. I know. It's been very, very good. Um, you're joined with, um, again, myself, Sandy and Antoine. Hello, hey, everybody. Antoine. Hey, hey. The sun is out in London and we've had such a rainy patch of weather. It's been awful. So I'm really happy with the sun. I'm wearing shorts. I'm in short sleeve shirts today, so the guns are out. <laughs> As James would say, you can see the pelicans. The pelicans? Yes. You know what oh, I, like I see. The shape yeah. of the pelicans. Okay, fine, 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 fine. Okay, so this is a very interesting and exciting topic. I'm sure that the thirsty people are out in their droves listening to this. Fetish and porn. Um, we wanted to talk about this because, for the record, Antoine and I do not work in porn. No, we don't. <laughs> I'm not sure what my mother would think about it. I think she'd find it quite interesting if I did, but I don't. It's very interesting that because I think I class us working in, I suppose, the sex industry and LGBTQ spaces, but I don't necessarily think that we work in porn. Whenever I say what I do for my job and describe Recon um, as a plat- as a platform for fetish and kinky people, people automatically say, oh, so you work in porn. Um, and anything that is remotely pornographic, they go, they kind of do a nudge, nudge, wink, wink to me and be like, oh yeah, you know all about that. And I'm like, that's not my job. What do you think my job is? It's really quite interesting because people always think that we know every single porn actor oh, that's yeah. out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's that's true. crazy. That's true. Everyone does do that to me. Like, oh, do you know? But then often because of like you know, the way that we travel, like we'll go to the Fol- Folsoms or whatever. Yeah. We do meet a lot of porn actors. We do. I, re- I remember <laughs> one of the first times, you know, going to Folsom, San Francisco, someone said to me, well, if you live in San Francisco, you have definitely slept with a porn actor. I have definitely slept with at least, I would like to say five. Ooh, you've been busy. I think so. I have to catch up. I've only got two I that th- I know of. I mean, I can't, I think, I th- I'm, I'm, I, like I said, I'm guessing, I think it's five. But I'll, I'll think about it in the in the break and I'll yeah. think about it in the break and maybe <laughs> we'll get an accurate count. So anyway, look, um, so we wanted to talk about fetish and porn. Um, and I genuinely think it's because of the explicit nature of the both of them. But the way that I suppose for our jobs, we approach um, fetish is very different to how maybe some other people within our industry um, approach it. I think that we've Obviously, we do events with like dark rooms and all that kind of stuff. And there's a very sexual undertone to a lot of the things that we do. But there's also this really like flip side, which is more social. And I think that we've recognized that that's a really important and impactful part of the community too. So for me, I don't really, I get, I'm not offended if someone thinks I work in porn, don't get me wrong. It's just really weird to me that people just automatically think that I, or I've done porn. Yeah, well, it's one of the things also, you know, if we're at an event or at a booth or something else, people will always ask, you know, like, oh, uh, have you got any DVDs with you in it? Have you got films with you in it? I'm yes. thinking, wait a minute, I don't do porn. I Or they want my OnlyFans or think that I should start on OnlyFans. I'm like, girl, I ain't got time for that. Hello? I barely got time for the little bit I have to do now. I don't have time for OnlyFans. Yeah, for real. I mean, maybe one day. I... <laughs> 
<laughs> but I, I just don't, I just, I, I think for me, the thought of having to do it feels like work. And sex for me is kind of like an outlet. Like it's, you know, like it's the equivalent of going out to a restaurant to eat. Like it's a treat. (laughs) It's not necessarily something I want to do like every single day for my livelihood. I think that's very different for us though, because we work around it and we can see the difference. And I think over the years, you know, I think people knew us initially or knew the brand initially for just these really hot and steamy, sexy party and sex events. And that's what people know. But of course we progressed. And as you, you know, we would say we had an evolution within the, the the brand and what we do. And we actually do a lot more things which are social mm. rather than sexual nowadays. So we definitely have seen the change, but a lot of other people still have this idea in the back of their minds that this is all we do. It's just sex, sex, sex. For sure. And I think one of the reasons why we had to kind of change tax or actually like introduce some new themes, not only to evolve, but I think that with the, with the surge and importance placed on social media and content and actually maybe people becoming a little bit more prudish and us kind of wanting to branch out of just like LGBTQ nightclub spaces and all that kind of stuff, which we can come on to a bit later on. You know, we had to kind of embrace this kind of more social side to fetish. But anyway, we're here. The other thing we can't escape is, you know, in the past or in the very early days of Recon, there was quite a lot of collaboration with a number of porn companies and porn houses. And that was primarily because they had no other platform apart from, you know, maybe their own to share or show their content. Yes. So one space where they could do it freely was on our platform. So it was one place where people came and saw quite a lot. But then, of course, laws changed and things changed and we stepped away from it. Yes. And we have done a porn video. I mean, not me and Antoine. I'm talking about Recon. I've done my own private porn. (laughs) You can find Antoine's porn on... No, I'm joking. Um, Was it... Who was the film studio that we did it with? It was Hot House. Hot House. We did with Hot House. And I think over some years also, we've partnered quite a bit with, um, or like sharing spaces at events with Dark Alley Media. I thought it was Raging Stallions that we did it with. No, it was Hot House. Oh, shame. Okay, never mind. Well, I was there when we were giving out the DVDs in 2011. I think so. I think it might have been 11. You were there. I was there. there. I still have my copy of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But anyway, so go and check that out. What's it called again? Do you remember? Oh, I'll, have to, I'll go. It was something it. like Recon. I think it's called Recon Full Fetish. I think it's called Recon Full Fetish. Guys, look it up. It's a it's a collaboration with Raging Salad. No, Hot um Hot House. Sorry. After the break, I'll I'll yeah, we'll I'll find grab it. a copy. I'll yeah, find yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, look. When we came to thinking about this topic, we threw around a couple of names, and Antoine actually threw this one out, which I was like, of course, this makes complete sense. There is no one else that is more qualified to talk about both fetish and porn than this person that I'm going to introduce. He is. A beautiful, sexy French filmmaker who now resides in Japan and will help you out if you're on a booth and need to pee really badly and ask him really nicely, as he did me. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, please welcome Axel Abyss. Hey, hey guys. Hi. <laughs> I love the introduction. Doing? I'm good. I Thank know, you. right? Do you remember that lovely <laughs> of course day I in Europe when you helped me when I yeah. really needed to pee? You're very welcome. Anytime. <laughs> it was lovely. Yeah. I was like, I, I was like, I was very taken aback, but I'm very, I was 
because I, it's funny because I've, I, at that point I hadn't met you, but I think we like had been speaking on Twitter yeah. and both like quite fans of each other. So when you came up to the booth, I was all like, oh my God, it's Axel. And you then were starstruck. It, I was starstruck. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, you're hanging out and I'm just talking and talking. And then I was like, I really need to pee. And he's like, oh, don't worry. I can help you with that. I was like, ah. So that was fun. So <laughs> I'm just fun. like spilling all your tea out in the public domain. Well, it's but one hey, of the I, things that we also that. enjoy doing at our booth. If we can help <laughs> other people to, you know, fulfill some fantasy or some wish, we do. Yeah, if I other mean, people can help us, I mean, bring it on down. You definitely fulfilled my fantasy that day. But anyway, look, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. Yeah. How's the pandemic and lockdowns and how has it been affecting you guys in Japan? It's, it's shit. It's shit, but you know, um, last year was sort of okay compared to Europe, I think. Um, we yeah. were doing all right. And now that I see all the US and also Europe going going forward with the vaccine and Japan is way behind, it's going to shit now. And also we're hosting the Olympics uh, in, in a month or so. And yeah, it's I was like, say. Yeah, I think, eight, I think they say 80% of the Japanese people are against it. And they're still going through. Oh, oh wow. wow. So, like, yeah, it's weird. It's been weird. So, um, Tokyo is like, you don't understand. Tokyo is like my top, like, destination to head to. So I'm going to come and visit you at some point. I'm waiting for you, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, stop saying, stop, <laughs> flirting, stop flirting with me. And then there will be six. <laughs> <laughs> and then there will be six, you stupid. <laughs> okay, look, we're going we're gonna to get to know you a little bit better because I'm, I'm sure that... For everyone who really enjoys porn, there are several questions that are like roaming about people's heads about like, I suppose the perception of what it is to be a porn actor or a filmmaker, a porn filmmaker or whatever. But right. before we go into that, I just want to read this tagline, which I think is amazing, by the way. Your tagline is really, really good. And I want to understand how you got from you know, this introverted boy in France to this fisting fetish extraordinaire in Japan. Okay. I'm going to read, I'm going to read your, I'm going to read your tagline. <clears throat> I'm going to do it in my best sexy voice as well. <laughs> Actually, I've, now I've said it, I'm going to not do that. Okay. My hole is my curse. We must destroy it so I can find serenity. Isn't that lovely? I think it's beautiful. Right? <laughs> It's, a, so, it's actually on my t-shirt today. I'm wearing my Oh yeah, merch. my whole <laughs> is my curse. <laughs> so for, so for <laughs> the people at home listening now, your speciality is kind of like more fisting porn, correct? Yes. So can you tell us a bit about your journey from, you know, France to Japan? Right. Um, where to begin? <laughs> um, well, the, the thing is, so my... Me being in Japan has nothing to do with my porn career or with my fetish life or whatsoever. Um, these are two very different, uh, separate things. Um, I've always had a fascination for for Japan as like the youngest age. Um, and then I met my boyfriend who actually lived in Japan before me. And then we moved here together. Um, it's been 10 years now. But yeah, all that like porn, fisting, everything came from me being in Japan. Like in mm. France, I was like very innocent, very, I mean, it was in my head. It was, I knew, you know, I knew I was kinky. I knew I had mm. fetish. I, uh, I knew I was into a lot of things, but I didn't explore any of it. 
or not much. I was, yeah, I embraced it uh, once I got here. So around okay. like 20, 22, 23, uh, 23 years old, something like that. What inspired it? Why, why, what made you get into porn? I never planned to do porn. The thing is, um, <laughs> Wait, okay, so, really <laughs> nobody plans to do porn. No, but, no, but, <laughs> no, but you know, so, sometimes no, I, I actually get a lot of messages from guys saying that I dream to be in porn. I never dream yeah. of being in porn. Like I, yeah. I never thought about it before, before anything, I, I think I'm a filmmaker. And so in France, I studied movies. Um, my dream right. was to make movies. I, I started, like, I bought a camera and I, I, was, I wanted to practice because I, I studied movies, but mostly theory and stuff and not practical, uh, technical stuff about how to make movies. Okay. So like, like most YouTubers and people like that, I wanted to learn by myself and there was no YouTube at the time. So I was um, not as big as now, at least. So I, I learned by myself how to shoot videos, but I had no subject so I started filming myself and my main hobby was feasting myself. So, so that, that, that was it. Like I, the, the first video I made was for me. I was, it wasn't, I was not planning on posting it online or, or anything. Um, just happened kind of like that. <laughs> and then in 2017, you met Buck Angel and that yes. kind of changed things for you. So how did how did that how did that meeting come about? Who as well? I'm also obsessed with. Oh, completely! From the first She's time amazing. I met Buck Angel, I'm like obsessed. So basically, I, I was making my amateur videos way before OnlyFans and all that, like on XTube. And yeah, the, but that, that was just a hobby. I was not asking money for it or anything. I was posting photos on Tumblr at the time. Um, God rest Tumblr. Right. So yeah, for me, it all began with Tumblr, mm. and then XTube. And I did after after XTube, I did some. Uh, I, I was scouted by uh, Falcons Club Inferno, okay. so I flew to the US and I shot a few movies with them, and then came back to Japan. And Buck was coming to Tokyo for Pride. We have a right. very small Pride here, but yeah, he um, he came to. I think he was giving like a lecture or something, uh, and shooting some porn as well. We, we had someone in common and then we met and yeah, that just happened like that around the drink. Like we, we, we were drinking in a bar and Buck was there and was like, well, like star, you know, like starstruck. I was like, I've always wanted to meet you and you're such an idol. And he was like, oh, do you want to, do you want to film together? And <laughs> I freaked uh, out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so we did like i th i think he was staying for a week or two only so we had to i mean it happened very quickly mm. and and i had a chance to show him more of my videos and he was like i like your stuff like your video are, your videos are good it's not amateur quality it's like like you're putting a lot of effort into it and then he got kind of not upset but like he got like you have to stop doing that kind of videos for free <laughs> because <laughs> like, people like you are ruining the business yeah. and i get it but for me it was just a hobby i never like like i said like i never planned to do it professionally so yeah. for me it was just for fun and because of that i never like really um imagined i could have my own production but meeting buck angel changed everything it was like no you need to meet these people he introduced me to the people who were working on his own website and his team is actually the team 
working on my website. Oh, nice. Yeah. So yeah, that's how it started. Like I, I launched my, my website in 2017 now already. Yeah. Wow. And your performer list is um, quite expansive in terms of like representation. So not only like race, but also like inclusivity, inclusivity of like gender. So like mm. trans performers, you, you've now have women on your website as well. Like what was there, a was Buck as well one of the points where you kind of accepted a bit more of different um like to make it more gender inclusive or was yeah. that something that you just always wanted to do or I always mean, been into i th- well buck is definitely the first trans guy i've seen in porn and mm. uh i knew nothing about trans people at the time so that was kind of a shock the first time and then i'm talking more than 10 years ago so we had no, more than 15 years ago, like nothing yeah. about, we don't, we yeah. didn't see any trans men anywhere. Yeah. No trans men, especially for sure. Yeah. 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 And especially in porn, like, like the, 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 the cis men in porn is, I mean, we, we, if you don't have a dick in gay porn, you don't exist basically. At least that, that was that at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I always had this fascination for, for Buck and then I met him and he, you know, I, I learned so much more after that. And, um, but for me, filming with trans people or with women or it's not about, I know that it is somewhat educating people, which is great. Mm-hmm. It's giving like visibility to people, but also I just do what I want to do. Yeah. And I want to film with the people who turn me on basically yes so that's that's also something really important for me in my production i don't i don't film the porn that people want to see i film the porn that i want to see got you yeah so that's that's a really interesting way to do it actually so sometimes it's tricky because i have this deformation or where like i want to ask people what do you want to see but also they want to see stuff that i don't necessarily want to do Yes. And I suppose actually maybe that is that the difference between like studio made porn and like having your own production that you get, I don't want to say forced, but you have to kind of like make compromises when you do studio works. Well, I mean, imagine it's the other side. If you do studio work, you basically have to create for the masses. You yes. can't create yeah, 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 unique yeah. and individual products. And a lot of what you do is actually quite individual. And I would say very unique. Thank you. <laughs> have, has there ever been a situation in a studio where you're asked to do something or perform with someone that you don't necessarily want to perform with, but you just have to do it? Not really, but also, I mean, I, I never really struggled with that. Like I, I'm always open and mm. willing to try stuff, yes. but they not, they not like you step in the studio in the morning and they say today you're going to do that. So they not. Oh, it's not, not even, they don't give you, they don't give you like a... Preparation I mean, in advance. I mean, be, be, beforehand, they ask you what you are into, what can you do? And especially because I do only fisting points. So, of course, they ask, can you do that? Can you do that? Can you double and stuff like that? Can you do this or that? And so I tell them I cannot do that. They ask you sometimes um, people you want to film with. But every time I gave them a list, I never got the motors I wanted to film with. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, These are my fantasy priorities. (laughs) (laughs) I can only do Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Oh, we've got you on Thursday. (laughs) But also the thing is, usually they're flying me me from Tokyo to the US just for the shoot. So it's like, you know, they have to schedule everything beforehand. And every day we shoot a different scene. So, yeah, you came in the morning and you have like this uh, schedule and like you're going to do that, that. And that's pretty much it. When my way of doing things is more like beforehand, I ask the models what they are into and then we're going to do what they are into. Got you. Like I don't create, because I, I don't have any storylines or anything. Like I don't create stories in my movies or like, you know, the plumber doing but I you mean, know. there is a, there is an artistic narrative, I would say, with your stuff. I mean, I would say that there's a concept. There's concept, always like yeah. a, a concept or a mood, but it's not yeah. like a full story, like, you know, telling uh, yeah, 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 yeah. the pizza delivery guy at the door or whatever. <laughs> but I that think I don't so do. That's so passe. <laughs> that's so passe. Yeah, but you see, I that mean, comes back from the, the other thing we talked about also. That's the fantasy idea. Yes. yes. You know, everybody wants the plumber or the pizza man to open the door <laughs> and, you know, either you get on his knees or he gets on his knees. Yeah. Have you ever had se- Antoine, have you ever had sex with a delivery driver? Sorry, oh, deliveries yeah. are, for, for Axel, deliveries are like... Um, oh, I know, I, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the food. Right. Yeah, no, but I did once have with a... Taxi driver. I have never had sex with a taxi driver. Brought that bitch into my flat. No! (laughs) Into my flat. Outrageous. I'm getting in the wrong fucking taxi. That was during the days of pink taxis when pink taxis used to be in Soho. They had this gay, um, like, run. Uh, car oh, company. I would if expect to get my dick sucked by a pink taxi. I know. Well, I mean, but he was he was hot, and it was this one driver that I, you know, all the time. And I'm, I'm guessing it goes back to you know f- doing the same thing, feeding the fantasy. In my mind, I just kept I, for the longest time. I just kept thinking, I would love to get him inside one. Day. And then one day, he was like, you know, he dropped me off, and he's like, "Can I come in and have a pee?" And I thought, "Yes, it's going <laughs> to be today." Uh, and sure enough, I pounced. Lie. See, that that never happens to me. That like never I, happens to me. Like I, I create the fantasy, I create the porn you want, but that never happens to me in my life. Like <laughs> these situations, it's so um, real. Excuse me, I beg to differ. Our time at Folsom was fan- okay, f- was filled with fantasy. That was great. So <laughs> don't take that away from me. That was no, your fantasy not. reality. <laughs> <laughs> but so like my, my ex roommate in Paris when I used to live there was it was happening to him every week. Like every That's week crazy. it would have like the, the pizza delivery guy or the taxi or just a guy in the, st- the street, like, you know, showing, like smiling at him. And then he would fuck him in the, in the public toilets. And that never happens to me. Like no. I would have always, also always thought, you know, I found it quite interesting. You saying that you didn't really, you know, explore, um, you know, this part of your sexuality so much when you were still in France because we've done events in Paris over a number of years and it is and a city I know to be. And the boys are rife. Yeah, the city is hotly sexual. Uh, especially uh, when it comes uh, to like fisting. Oh, uh, but you know? uh, that's, the, that's <laughs> it's my favorite. Yeah, so I, I love a French moan. Moaning in French is different. It's hey. different. Oh, oh, <laughs> it's so good. Sorry, I'm just thinking about Paris. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think the, the French boys don't know what they missed out on. You know, you I mean, left them dry. You left you left them dry. You didn't give them anything. Didn't give them. Well, shit. The, the thing is, okay, now there's a pandemic, so I'm not. It's been a while since they didn't go back to France. But 
since I started porn, I've been visiting a lot and I've went, I, I've been to uh, Le Keller, the fisting club in, in Paris yes. and stuff like that. So I, I've been catching up. Yeah. <laughs> I was, the first time I went to Keller, can I just, yeah, tell, of course. the first time I went to Keller was, I think, probably one of my earliest experiences of witnessing fisting. If you okay. haven't been there before, I went downstairs um, and this is before we launched the site in French. We did this whole recce winning it going uh, around Paris. We went to basically every gay bar and gay club in the city. So I'm with Barham. We go to Keller. We go downstairs and there is this like raised counter with the metal bar. And along the side, there are probably like six or seven guys just on their backs with their legs resting on top of the bar. And on the side of each one is like their Crisco, their gloves, and da 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 da. And in my mind, I first thought, this looks like a row of Christmas turkeys just waiting to be stuffed. <laughs> it was just asses in the air. And you could literally just go down the line, like fist one in and out of the other. It was absolutely incredible. And I thought, this is amazing. Only in Paris where something like this happens. I, can I tell you my my the very first time I fisted someone? Ooh, yes. It was completely by accident. So by accident just slipped in. Didn't it, it? Well, I'll tell you the story. So okay, it was in it, the year was whatever year of Eurovision where Lorene won, and the next year, so Sweden was hosting Eurovision, <laughs> and me and my friends. I know, I know, I know, guys. But Lorene is still a fantastic Eurovision winner. Anyway, I digress. Um, you know the song, Euphoria? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think, no, I'm sorry, I thought you were looking yeah, at me yeah. like I was crazy. I'm, okay. I'm, waiting the, I'm waiting for the story. She's waiting for the story. Okay. <laughs> to see how your hand just like accidentally slipped inside somewhere. It did. I, I promise you it did. So basically we went to like the live taping of the Eurovision um, song contest in Malmo and we were staying in Copenhagen because I think it's like a half an hour train journey or something. Yeah. Um, so after I met this guy at this random club that we went to um, and everyone in our little group, there was a big like English contingent that not necessarily all went together, but we all just kind of like found each other. Um, so all these homosexuals and we decided to like cling together. Everyone was hooking up within the group. So I was like, oh, and I was kind of like the odd one out. Um, we were in this random club and I just, I can't remember what the name of it of the club is in Copenhagen, but it had like cages. It wasn't necessarily a fetish bar or a club, but it was, it was, it was like, you know, like these gay bars that basically have like cages and they think they're really edgy. So anyway, I, I was there. Basic. I was there and everyone had kind of like left me and I was like, oh, well, okay, fine. And there was this huge, and obviously I'm like five foot nothing. And so everyone is taller than me, but there was this huge guy by the bar and he kind of locked eyes with me. He's kind of ginger. You know how like I'm ginger and tall and big and uh, like take I, up most of the room like a in running my bed. Theme here. I know, I didn't mean it to be that way, but anyway. So anyway, we decided to go to a sauna together. So we go to this sauna and it's a lovely sauna in Copenhagen. I was like, cute. Um, and then we went to like a cubicle thing. He just kind of like sets up shop in the, you know, the fisting way on all fours and puts his ass in the air. So I'm fucking him for the longest time. And then it's just like, you know, I get tired because topping is hard sometimes. It's exhausting. <laughs> it's, it's exhausting because we were in there for a good, I don't even know, you know, when you just lose track of time. Anyway, so I start playing with his ass and then it's just like one finger, two fingers, three fingers, four. Oh, okay. 
oh wait, it's going deeper. And like, he's going push, push. And I'm like, okay. Oh, and my whole entire hand was in him. Lovely. And I swear I got up to like halfway up my, um, what's this called? Your arm, your forearm. My forearm, yeah. Halfway through there. And that was the f- like the very first time that I had fisted someone. Jeez. And for me, it was a very interesting experience. And then, but the best part of it was <laughs> the next day we all go back. Cause I went back to his place and we just like had a lovely time. The next day, my two housemates that I was staying with were like, oh, I had the best time with this guy. We cuddled and talked all night. I was like, cute. And then the other one was like, oh, I made up with this guy. And like, oh, we had sex and it was really great sex. And I was like, well, guys, I fisted someone. And so it was like, I'm the winner of Eurovision. <laughs> I'm the winner. But anyway, so that was my first, my first ever fisting. And I've never looked back. Excellent. How, <laughs> yeah, how did you first discover that you could actually fist yourself? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, it's it's a training. Because that's a skill. That's like, like a that's like a party trick. That's a skill. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's that, but there's there's also training. Like it's a muscle, so you have to train it to you know make it looser and control it. I mean, I watched porn since very young, and I saw fisting porn first when I was probably twelve or thirteen, and I was traumatized by it. I was disgusted, but then it never left my mind. Like how people can put that kind of stuff in their ass, like huge traffic cone. Yeah, the first video I saw was with a traffic cone. I was traumatized by it. Now I have two in my rooms. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Live it, learn it. (laughs) You have some really good tutorials on your website as well, don't you? Thank you. Like fisting and stuff. So I had to check those out this morning too. Um, Yeah, because that's the thing, like... So, yeah, I didn't know how to fist myself or whatever, but I, I was playing with my ass uh, as a teenager and putting stuff bigger, 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 and that's how you do it. Um, you learn to 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 read the response of your body every time you put something bigger and what what is what feels good, what doesn't, and stuff like that. I didn't I actually didn't enjoy anal sex like regular regular anal sex uh, at the beginning. When I got fucked the first time, I hated it. That was very painful. Yeah, but things evolved naturally by through me fisting myself first, uh, probably when I was 17 or 18. And then I moved on. I got fisted by my boyfriend a few years later. And that was a revelation. My first real orgasm. Wow. So after that, that was it. I knew that was my thing. And I keep, I keep getting fisted to get, get new orgasm after orgasm. Like, uh, there's no way for me to go back to, uh, to, to just regular fucking. I do enjoy it, but it's not enough. I need fisting. <laughs> What's okay? Well, let's go into a little bit about what you're into. Like, so obviously uh-huh. the fisting thing is at the top, but like, what's say say you want like a? Are there actually? That's a good question. Are there times where you just want something that's a bit more like laid back or sensual or different types of things? Like, what are you into sexually? And does it differ? Well, you kind of answered this already, but does it differ from what you're into when you're making porn? Right. Um- like private the, versus public, is that is there a difference? Well, the first thing I want to say is that fisting can be very intimate and very laid back. It mm. looks extreme. Yes. It, and in porn, you kind of have to show how, you know, like uh, you have to, yeah, to, to make it look like intense and hardcore. It's a lot and, more exaggerated. 
I mean, sometimes. I but mean, also, you can't exaggerate punch fisting. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, no. I mean, in terms of like, he was saying that you know it can be quite a sensual, intense, yeah. like passionate thing. Yeah. But then in porn, you have to kind of take it to the extreme in order to kind of like you know stimulate people. It's about stimulation. Yeah. But that's, that's also the thing that I try to do with my porn is I, I try to balance that. Like I don't want to look only extreme. And also that's the thing that got me first into porn, into fisting porn is that, well, at first I didn't enjoy it because it was only the, the leather that is fisting themselves. And that was not my scene. I mean, I was too young to be in, into anything anyway, but the real revelation I got was much later when I saw young twin guys fisting each other. There was no gear involved. There was no sling. There was no playroom. Yes. There was no, that was just like very sensuous. Two guys in jockstrap kissing and fisting slowly, but that looked so good. And so, you know, almost emotional, like they, they looked like they were in love and that mm. changed everything for me. So that's what I try to express in my porn. Not every movie. Sometimes I want to do like real hardcore and sometimes I want very soft. There's... Every time I film something, there must be fisting. I, I, <laughs> there I, will be fisting. Like, I, I need it. Like, I need it at all times. <laughs> and is it just because of the orgasm is just like a different type of intensity? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, so, it's so much in, so much more intense. Like, it's... I, I didn't have hookups without fisting for more than 10 years. I've tried wow. and it just doesn't satisfy me at all. Okay. It's one of those things, you know, what, one of the things we say all the time is, you know, porn has a lot to answer for. Oh. And I think it's one of these things also like with me and I find it that because I'm not necessarily, you know, like the fisting isn't my immediate go-to. I need to have right. a really special connection with someone. Of course. Uh, if I'm going to fist them. I mean, I will never Don't get worry, fisted. Don't worry, Axel. Don't listen to him. The I'll, getting I'll, fisted I'll, is, I'll, fist, I'll fist you out. The getting fisted is never going to happen. I mean, you put your finger there and I'm not happy. But uh -huh. I'm happy to fist someone else. But I need to have this connection. Yeah, of course. So I always feel like on the other side, and I think especially when we think about this connection between, you know, the the fetish and the porn side of things or the meeting someone. And when you include this like kink element, the fisting nowadays, it's so popular and it seems like yeah. everyone is just doing it. And I feel like, okay, because I'm not necessarily, it's not my number one thing at the top of my list. I'm cut out of a massive pool of people I could potentially date yeah, or have that makes hookups sense. with. And sometimes I feel, you know, and I know other people who are really keen fist, uh, fisting bottoms as well, who say the same, you know, like, it's such a different level of orgasm and intensity, you know, like a cock will never work again. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think knowing that this is very often how people feel, you know, sometimes from the other side of it, you know, I think, well, okay, that guy's super hot. I would love to go out with that guy, but I feel like I'll never please him. I understand. <laughs> I understand. I disagree. Because let's say I... When, I, when I'm with a guy, even though I might look um, insatiable and hungry for it, I, st I also want to give pleasure to my top. Mm. So even though like getting fucked doesn't give me the highest pleasure as much as fisting, I enjoy being fucked. I enjoy being used. I enjoy giving also... Um, 
whatever my top wants too. I mean, and also I'm a switch, so I can actually fuck guys. I don't do it much, but I don't do it in my porn, actually. I never fuck guys in porn. I realized that recently. Wow. But I do fuck guys in in, in private for some reason. Ah, Um, revelation. Right? (laughs) Um, So, I mean, I don't know. If you're really into a guy... Don't don't think that you won't be enough. For me, the 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 connection to to the people I play with is really important. Yeah, um, and that that's actually not something you do you do see a lot in in fisting porn. It's often like a lot of heavy action. Yes, um, it looks really intense, and it's like punching, 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 and that's great. But what I love to incorporate is a lot of faces because I love what I love the most when I watch porn is the guys looking at each other. Yeah. So if you spend more time, if the camera spends more time on the face than the whole, I'm completely fine with it. As long as you know, the eyes are sparkly and the both guys are enjoying what's whatever is going on. That's what I want. That's what I try to capture. And in private, it's the same. Like I do have my moments where I'm, I just, I'm just a whole. And I want whoever to come to my place and fist me. But my regulars are guys who I'm really into and they are into me and we have a strong connection. That's, I mean, that's absolute for me. That's, that's necessary. I'm yeah. glad to hear that. We'll get, on, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get on just fine, Axel. Anyway, yeah. like, I'm going to stop playing That with makes you. me feel a lot easier about letting somebody borrow my hand. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want to just ask, one. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Stop it. Okay, I just want to ask one question and then we'll have a little bit of a break. Um, do you have any kind of like interesting or funny stories like whilst you've been filming? Like any accidents happen on set? Okay, so, well, <laughs> that's the thing. We, we actually need to talk about that. A lot of guys okay. into fisting are afraid of shit. But shit happens. Shit happens. And shit happens a lot. And that's okay. Yeah. That's fine. Like, I'm not into scat. I've tried it, didn't like it. I moved on. But you are going into someone's intestine. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's going to be shit. (laughs) So, I mean, I spend a lot of time douching. So most of the times it's clear. But shit happens. And, and that's fine. So, yeah, I will say it. Like, during shoot, I've been shitting on guys. Guys did shit on me, even on my face. It happens. Oh, wow. You know, depending on the position. Like, the guy, <laughs> I was... I, I was fisting a guy. He was on top of me. And I was punching really hard. And, yep. Like, my face, my everything got covered. Oh, lovely. He was really sorry. And <laughs> oh, no. No, but that's that's the thing. Like, I mean, it happened. We, yeah. we actually, I laughed a lot. He was very embarrassed. I was like, you know yes. what? I, I don't care. And the shower is here. I'm going to take a shower. You take a shower. Yes. We drink some tea or whatever, and we go back at it later. It's yes. fine. It's going to happen. And people shouldn't be like too, you know, stressed about it. A lot of times it's tops were like strictly tops and they are like, I'm into fisting, but I'm not into shit. If you shit on me, it's over. And like, wow, I, 
already spend 45 minutes to one hour in the shower to prepare for this. If this happens and I need to shower more, please be a little bit indulgent. Like, give me a break. It, it might happen and it's fine. Just give me a time. Give me some time. I will, touch, I will touch up. I will come back and we, you know, we start again. It's fine. I mean, gay sex in general is quite a messy sport. Of course. So there's gonna, like, it's so funny. It actually happened to me the other day <laughs> where, you know, some shit happened and I really had to tell the guy like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Calm. It's, and he was just, I get it because I'm the same way as well. If I, if I you know, when I bottom I, and, I, and it happens, I'm like, ah! But no, of course, like, me too. It's, like, it's, it is embarrassing, but yeah, but it's fine. But I think as gay men, we should be all like reciprocating, exactly. being like, oh my God, like this is, you know, we know, we know the deal. We know the score. Yeah, exactly. Like, we shouldn't so, shame each other in it. And no, I that's the thing. There's a lot helpful. of shaming. Yeah. Yes. So for no sure. shaming. Well, I bet that you didn't think we were going to talk about shit for 10 minutes. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Guys, man. and on that note, let's have a shit break. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Again. <sighs> Next door, having all the fun again. Get yourself off and get even with Regulation. We're the UK's premier destination for fetish gear, sex toys and restraints. Gear up with a wide range of rubber, leather and sportswear, including many styles ready to ship next day. Maybe it's bondage, chastity, pop, play, pain, pleasure or a bit of both. Whatever interests you, you'll find what you need in our 10,000 strong catalogue of kink. Regulation for whatever you're into. Shop online at regulation.co.uk. You just better warn the neighbours. And welcome back. Everyone feel refreshed and feel good. Yep. Because we're gonna because we're gonna have a debate. I think I feel like this second half is all about debating (sighs) and trying to get to the crux of the issue here. (laughs) Well, okay, look, let's talk about first of all. The distinction, we've spoken a lot about, obviously, your porn career, um, Axel. Why do we think that people put fetish and porn in the same category? And when I say that, I mean, not only from people's perception, but also from a, if you, I mean, everyone here is on social media, right? And I, I know, Axel, you've, you know, come into quite a few um troublesome situations with social media regarding your own content. Mm -hmm. And I know that obviously your content is pornographic, but even with Recon's content, we've been pulled up on certain things that aren't anywhere near, you know, it being porn. Um, And I think that the reason why is because they're just both viewed as being explicit in nature, regardless of what the person is doing. So Mm. I'm going to ask... Ask the people on the call. <laughs> um, what do you think, the, what to you is the distinction between fetish and porn? Because as well, Axel, a lot, like as much as obviously you do fisting porn, a lot of your porn is like geared up. So you're often wearing rubber or something yeah. like that. So that's so that's why you're a perfect guest to talk about this. So for us, what do you think the difference is between fetish and porn? <sighs> I, I don't see much difference. I mean, the way I do porn is very much me 
expressing my own fantasies. So I'm into rubber, I'm into piece play, I'm into all that stuff. And so I will incorporate in my porn. So, I mean, the, the way I make my porn is very much about, yeah, ex- exploring. And I think fetish is that. I mean, that's what we do in events or whatever we are exploring with. I mean, we all we all have different aspects of... Um, I mean, guys who are into rubber, some are femmes, so some are like more artsy. Especially in Tokyo here, we have a lot of cosplay. So you're going to see a lot of like... Uh, manga characters in rubber mm. or I don't know it's all like uh, I, I don't know where I'm going with this but uh, it's all kind of like intertwined is, yeah I exactly get what you're saying. Yeah, it's, yeah, all, yeah, yeah. it's all intertwined like yeah I do understand that but I suppose like well Anton what do you think I think it's you know like I mentioned earlier I think the line gets really blurry because the two things do something very interesting for people Mm -hmm. and that's creating a kind of a fantasy you know for a lot of people porn is a fantasy and for a lot of people fetish is also uh, a lot about creating or satisfying a fantasy or this need for a fantasy so i can see where the lines get really blurry Um, but i think one thing we that may also not be so difficult to separate. And especially now with how things are going on with social media and people creating these, you know, their own, um, you know, uh, let's say porn for pay. Um, You know, the difference would be, I think, for a lot of other people is, well, number one, I'm not doing it to make money. You know, I'm not selling it. There's no monetary value. There's no external exhibition, exhibition, blah, 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 blah. You know, they're not being exhibitionists about it. Mm. Um, You know, it's for their private, their own thing. Um, And I think the difference, I think, like I say earlier from our side as well, is that we, for a lot of other people, the fetish is the gear, maybe the lifestyle, um, the gearing up and socializing with mates or going particularly to fetish events. Whereas, you know, porn is then more associated with public displays, uh, you know, with films, with money making, uh, with direction or with, you know, putting your fantasy in some kind of um, a different kind of box, I guess. So I agree and understand what both of you are saying. I think that what what I struggle with is for me, fetish is, it is a fantasy and there is an aspect of, no, I'll start that again. It's, it's, porn is performative, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, 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 it's an action for me. Fetish can be just a static thing, i.e. I can only do it, I can only describe it or explain it properly, I suppose, in, um, with an example. A guy in a full rubber gimp suit is fetish, right? But... If, and I see that and I think, okay, yeah, that guy is clearly into fetish and kink and whatever. And then if the guy was performing sexual acts in a performative way or on camera, whatever, then that's porn to me. So you can have both, but I think to group them in, and I'm talking about from a content point of view on social media or other kind of platforms, to group them both as porn doesn't feel right to me. And the reason why I say it is because 
your point is very, very good, Antoine, in terms of like the, the fancy element is there, but someone wearing gear is automatically sexualized. And I don't know whether this is right or wrong. So don't shout at me just yet. Because at the end of the day, we all understand here that if someone's wearing gear, that doesn't mean that you have consent to do whatever you want to do to them. You still have to ask for consent. And what I struggle with is that someone in latex is perfectly acceptable in a fashion point of view. So lots of people on the runway have taken elements from, you know, the BDSM community, and it's completely fine to jazzy it up as fashion, but it turns into an explicit thing if the guy is just kind of standing there in full rubber. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's the bit that I struggle with. In how do you then? How do these platforms like YouTube? Because like we've had our YouTube channel taken down. I know that um, Axel, you take you your your Twitter was taken down at one point, yeah. and your Instagram was taken down at one point. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and that's crazy to me, considering that there's so much porn on Twitter anyway. So <laughs> how do they determine the difference? Because they must have a distinction between the two. But like, say if, and we all know, I'm using this example, and it's a really crazy example but it's the only one i can think of right now kim kardashian in head to toe in latex is perfectly exa- is perfectly fine on instagram but if one of our guys is head to toe in latex it's a completely different story and we have to be so careful about that and that's the bit that i'm trying to get out why is it why is that distinction or that grouping together fine in one context and then a completely different thing in another why do we think that is? I mean, I think it's very cultural. It's just the box where we put rubber or even leather. I mean, not us, but the society as a whole mm. is a sexual attire. It's meant for sex. Yes. And yes. And so even when a fashion designer is going to use those materials, it's to be edgy. It's to become edgy. It's to make it like more sexual. It's not innocent when whoever, um, I can't think of any name right now, but like a fashion designer is going to put like a whole rubber attire in on, on his runway. It's to make it sexual. Mm. It, it, it is sexualizing because he knows the reaction, the, the, the people watching this show are going to be like linking those things together. Rubber means sex. And I, I agree that, you, we should be able to wear rubber as we wear cotton or whatever just because we like the feel of it or the look of it without being sexualized. But as a matter of fact, it's just like too rooted in the, in the imagery of, yeah, sexual, sexual um, imagery. Yeah. I think this is where the debate comes when you think about society's perception. You know, is it, does it mean that, you know, every time people think about sex, they automatically connect it with porn? You know, mm. if we're going to be publicly ah. sexual, you know, and I think that's it. You know, just because you see sex does not necessarily mean that it equates pornography. It could just be sex. Yeah. But why is it that people assume that it's pornographic? I, I mean, okay, that, that- so I'm... Sorry, can I just jump in? I think that that's also, I'm going to specifically talk about gay culture rather than society as, 
as a whole. I think that also might, <laughs> that might be down to the monetization of sex. So like things like OnlyFans, like <laughs> me and my friend were talking about this the other day, funnily enough, because the things that some, some of the things on OnlyFans is really well produced and effort and all that kind of stuff. That's, I'm not talking about that, but like the kind of maybe a little bit more amateur homemade stuff, you would normally be sending those to people that you liked. <laughs> like you wouldn't be making money off of those little clips that you, those were to hook people in to want to have sex with you. But now that's all being monetized. So mm. I think that even if you're seeing sex in real time, i.e. in real life, there's an aspect of this performative porn nature to it as well. Like if I have a threesome, I really like to sit back and watch the other two people have sex because it's, porn in real life you know so i think that that's the reason why it happens that way the thing is like there there is a shape a big shaming on sex workers in general Mm. so being a porn actor being a prostitute being a stripper being pole dancer even those people we are automatically put in a box where our opinions or whatever in a debate doesn't really matter because we are sex workers and we are lower than the rest of the society, basically. A lot of times when we voice um, political ideas or whatever, the, the, at least in my case, if I give my opinion, I'm going to get replies like, your opinion doesn't matter. Really? Yeah, because you are just a whore. Yeah. Like... The society pushes the sex worker and the sex imagery down. Like it's, and that's the same thing in fashion show when you use rubber or leather or to look edgy. It's like to play dirty a little bit. Right. It's going with a low, I don't know how to say it, but the, the low part of the society kind of thing. Yeah, I get you. But it's so weird because on, on the other hand, it is so celebrated, like the, the saying is sex sells. So, you know, if, if that's the case, why is that? It's interesting that you talk about like the struggle of being a sex worker. Like what would you say is the hardest part of being a sex worker or a porn actor as well? Is um, apart from like, obviously the stigma that's attached to it. Like, is there anything else that you think is like a real, that you encounter real hardship about? Yeah. I think being a sex worker, like at least for I can speak for the for the porn industry. A lot of people think that we are just models. So we don't think, we don't have opinions or we don't mm. even have desire. So a lot of times there's a problem of consent because people think, oh, you are object at our disposition mm. because we, we, we pay to jerk off to you doing those nasty stuff. So... Yeah, you are just that. And you are we we as sex workers are reduced to being just objects and people don't want us to think or voice or opinions. Or for example, I get every day tons of messages, people saying that I want to fuck you, but they don't ask me if I want them to fuck me. <laughs> yes, there's an assumption that you're already like you're you're exactly you're you're everyone's available. property. You are yes. yes. No. So there's a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it happens a lot. A lot of people think that, oh, because you are, I mean, I am a slut. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> I, I, I am a, You're a I, I'm a whore, one. I am a whore, but still, I do pick. I do have taste. I, I have my own taste. I have my yes. even in in kink. I don't like all fetishes. I have my own fetishes. I explore. I'm willing to try things if I'm into the guy. But yeah, a lot of people think, oh, you do this, you do that. So you're in that box and you're available available for whatever I want to do with it. Mm. If that makes yeah, sense. That must be difficult. And we can relate to that actually. Oh, completely. I mean, we get it all the time, you know, like if we're at an event, especially, I'm gonna always probably bring up the Folsoms because this is usually where it happens very often. You know, yeah. whether well, it's we're the in biggest Berlin stage. Or, yeah, you know, Berlin or San Francisco. You know, even when we other went to other events in Chicago or Washington, people would always just assume that because we work for you know for recon you know you're connected to this fetish brand yeah we're yeah. standing at our booth in our gear and we're looking very edgy and very sexual then therefore we must always be available to them yeah. and very often people would just come and they just touch and they grab and they just think that it's okay and it's like mm -hmm. uh no why would you think this is okay mm. that's but crazy that's, yeah that's the thing because well in my porn of course i'm showing that side of me of someone being available, someone being willing to get fisted at any time by any who, anywhere. Um, and it, it is kind of, it is me. It's not a persona, I'm not faking it. I am like this, like I'm most of the time horny, but as a human being, when you come to interact with me for the first time, you still should have some boundaries and, you know, introduce yourself and yeah, I, I don't know. Treat me as a human being <laughs> to begin you with. You think that that's a basic thing, though? <laughs> yeah, but, but but it's not. It's not. Yeah. For when it comes I mean, to for sex, sometimes people lose all basic sense of decency. Yes, I, I yeah yeah I understand that. The thing is, if you're being nice to me, there are really high chances high chances that I will let you fist me. <laughs> so just just be nice. Just be nice. Just be polite and. Let's see. Just be nice. Just be polite. And Listening might, and audience, you, you heard it. Yeah. <laughs> be polite and be nice and you stand a really good chance. Oh dear. <laughs> okay. I'm the same. It's all about the, it's, it's all about the approach. Yeah. No, you know, of course. Same, you know, yeah. We were talking about, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, bottoming or topping. And for me, it's all about the approach. If yeah. your approach yeah. is not right, that culo is cerrado. <laughs> No, not you bringing out the Spanish. <laughs> I hate you. You better come, come correct. Come correct. We've spoken so, quite a bit about like fantasies and kind of um, fulfilling those. Yeah. Um, has anyone, well, this is for everyone. Um, has anyone ever kind of asked you to fulfill a specific fantasy? And did you do it? In, in the both, well, I suppose for you, Axel, oh, I don't know, actually, maybe Antoine, you've done porn as well, but like in a porn sense, but also in a fetish sense, is there anything that anyone's kind of asked you to do or that you've wanted to fulfill yourself? I can't really think of anything. I mean, because I, I'm into a lot of stuff. So I usually when I okay, get- maybe, maybe what, what is it, what were you not into? Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> no, like- <laughs> Every time I'm asked to do scat or feet, and I'm right. not into feet and I'm not into scat. Fair. I'm into I'm, I'm into sneakers. I'm into socks. 
I have a fetish for, like I, I love guys in socks, full naked with just long socks. I'm really very much into it or sneakers. Yeah. But I don't, I really don't care for feet. And <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. I get it. And I don't care for the smell of it. I don't care for the shape of the fit. I no, it's just <laughs> not my thing. Oh, that's another, that's a really good question. It's not, have people ever, you know, wanted to like foot you know, like foot fuck you. I mean, I, Has I, that I, ever okay, come I, I actually have a, a foot fucking video very coming very soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she, she conquered her fears of the feet, guys. <laughs> but no, that's the thing. Like, it's not a phobia. I, I don't hate feet. It's just I don't care for it. It's not, mm. So I'm actually more into guys wearing socks than not wearing them. And I get sometimes requests like, please stop putting socks in your videos. No, I put whatever I like in my videos. Yeah. I, I, well, I love being watched by people who don't know what what they're going to watch. So, do you like the shock value element of yes, it, though? Yes, I do. Okay. I okay. Do. Um, yeah. Last year, I did an appearance with uh, Yoshi Kawasaki. Yes, yeah. one of our favorites. We well, he, love was a, Yoshi. he was a recon model. That's where she started. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we love him to bits. Hi, Yoshi. Hi, Yoshi. So Yoshi moved back to Tokyo last year, about a year ago. And um, we did a show together at a fashion show. It was right. not a sex show. It was okay. like in a big club just at the beginning of Corona. So the clubs were still open. Japan was a little bit behind. So it was late, late February last year. And we, yeah, we were invited to perform among other drag queens and like singers and models by this fashion designer, Japanese fashion designer. And it, we were, by the end of the show, going on stage and fisting each other. But the audience was all straight. Wow. How and, did that go down? And I loved it. Like <laughs> the, the face, the face of the people, you could hear people screaming like, what the fuck? Or, you know, like they were shocked or. No. It was so good. I love it. <laughs> you just like to stir shit up. That's all it is. But, you know, because I've performed in front of gay people. They know what to expect. Like yeah. they know, usually it's also advertised, like they're going to be a fisting show yeah. or there's going to be a sex show. But when they don't know, and they've never seen any shit like that before, that's epic. Like, wow. I love it. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean... Shock and awe. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just go for it. I love that. Um, so you've spoken a little bit about, like, you doing shows in Japan with Yoshi. Like, what's the fetish scene like in Japan? Um, is it is it very progressive? Because I imagine... Well, I have this impression of... Japan being this weird dichotomy of very culturally kind of, uh, I don't want to say reserved, but like restrictive mm. maybe. And then on the flip side, there being this really maybe, to use your word, bizarre yeah. um, sexual expression. So I feel like fetish isn't so far removed from that. Like what's what's the scene like in Japan? I wouldn't say there is a big fetish scene in Japan. There is one. We have a few events. The thing mm. is also it's hard for me to talk about it because, okay, J Japan is a very closeted country and I'm a foreigner. Oh, okay. So I'm not welcome everywhere. 
Mm. Um, there are many underground events that are Japan, like organized by Japanese people for Japanese people, and right. it's very uh, secluded and discreet. So mm. I'm not always aware of everything. And on the other hand, you have other events which are much more open and to anyone. The kink scene is very much into hard S and M here. Right. Like like really hard uh impact play and stuff like that. So they don't want to for example, they are they often scared of having foreigners coming in because they don't they're not sure that they would understand the rules in Japanese uh, about yeah, safety and things sense. like that. Um I do speak Japanese, but it's not always enough to um, you know, be um invited. Uh, but on the other hand, you you have events. There's one party called Department H. It's mostly drag queens. It's not a gay event. It's a straight. Um, it's it's a whole mix. Like it's a lot of different people. Um, but it's a mix of shows from drag queens and sexy wrestling. So you have women Ooh. wrestling in lube and stuff like Ooh. that. Um, yeah, and sometimes singers and sometimes uh, acrobats. It's a little bit of everything, like a kind of sort of a freak show. Uh, it's very funny. They the music is very like seventy disco, but <laughs> but but Japanese. I love so it's, the concept it's a very already, right? it's a very yeah. weird it's a very weird mix. But I I love it. It's always a good time. We're coming for a recce. We're you coming should. to see and investigate and explore and figure out and then bring that yeah. concept back. I really would like to see the accountant look at that, look at that trip and be like, why did? Why are you expecting the trip to Tokyo? <laughs> <laughs> we're on a recce, we were on a business trip. Yes. Oh, dear. And, and so at that party, you're going to see like a lot of people in rubber. We have a very amazing rubber designer here who makes like very like avant-garde fashion pieces in full rubber. Uh, so that's always very cool. You have some flogging and stuff like that. No sex, except okay. that one drag queen who gets fisted at the end of the shows every time on stage for some reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's not part of the program, but it happens every time. Uh, I join I, I join her a few times on the stage too. But yeah, it's get- it's. It's a very fun, fun show, uh, fun party. Uh, I don't think it's happening right now because of obvi- uh, the, the pandemic, obviously. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward club, club, club reopenings and stuff and doing do these events again. And Yoshi, actually, and I and another friend, we were working on an event. I think maybe you remember, I actually contacted yes, you. Yes, I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we wanted to make like these social fetish event happen in Tokyo because we don't have that in the gay area. We don't have any clubs or anything doing anything fetishy. So we wanted to make something happen and then Corona appeared. No, I think that's, I think I would really love you to do something and obviously we'll we'll give you a shout out on Recon as well once you get it up and running. When you can do it, definitely let us know. Yeah, thank you. I I, I really want to make it happen because the, the gay area here in Tokyo is actually rather small. I mean, if you compare to London or where, wherever, it's really, really small. It's thousands of bars in one street. Like it's very tiny bars with like three right. seats, four seats, like on oh, top of each yeah. other. And we don't have any big clubs in that area. Um, but some bars are bigger than others and they are a few dance floors. 
there's something to do there. But Cute. he has to happen. Yeah, we have to make it happen. Make it happen. Yep. Please. Okay, yeah. look, last question yes. for everyone. And we're, I'm going to maybe change it for us because we don't do porn. But so, Axel. You do porn in private. I don't record my shit. <gasps> what? No. Okay, sorry. What? Before we go anywhere, <laughs> I cannot. What? I'm in the moment. I'm fucking, I don't, I can't. I know. I really, like, I'm so terrible. Like, I've just... For some reason, boys always want me to record. They're like, oh, can you film? Can you film I, you fucking me? Yeah, I okay. know, but I can't. The I thing never is, for me, I, I do you almost, not do that? I, I don't film if in private. Not anymore. Because it's work now. Thank you. Well, even... Well, it's not work for me. But what I'm saying is, yeah. is for me, it just takes me out. <laughs> Shut up. Fuck you. I saw that face. <laughs> It just takes me out of the moment that I'm mm. doing. If it's like, oh, we're getting out our phones and doing stuff and saying, I'm just like, I can't, I can't abide it. Like, I don't even like film myself like jerking off to send to someone. Like, right. I just don't have those type of videos. My, and since the pandemic, girl, all of my photos are of my dog. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't really take any, but like, I don't, you know, like some people have like so many pictures of themselves naked, hard, oh, this, in, I, but I just don't have that. Okay. Like I just don't spend time doing that. Mm. And that is a disappointment for people because they want you to send them thousands of photos. And I'm right. like, girl, I haven't, I, I would, and you know me as well. I like to be photographed, but I, I'm very picky about the photos I use. And even on my Instagram, like it's all curated in a way that makes me feel comfortable. I don't, so then I'm going to be uber critical of like my dick pics. <laughs> just Tara says, find your light. And I have on the five that I've selected <laughs> that, are in, that are in current rotation and that's it. But I don't, I don't feel the need to take hundreds more. But anyway, that's just me. And during sex, I'm like, don't take me out of what we're doing, like to film. Yeah. I don't know. Although, it's I don't know. Times. I mean, I, I, because I love being watched. I still take pictures or like videos sometimes that they will post on my website. But also I'm very much into webcams. So, see that's hot. Yeah, because I, I want they, people to watch live. Like I really love that. But you see, my problem is not necessarily being filmed. My problem is you take you stopping what we're doing. No, I agree. To then film because yeah. then for me it turns into this performative thing. Hmm. Like oh, the camera's on now. We have to uh, uh, as opposed to what we were doing before. So if it's just you there capturing be it, yourself. No, but no, just be yourself. No, 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 no. I hate the because you said that. You said that earlier. You said like earlier that porn has to be performative, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. All I'm saying is... Porn is better if it's not. So stay, yes. stay yourself and feel and, yourself. And the thing is this, more often than not, if it has happened, it's not me that changes. It's the person that wanted to be filmed. Right. Their yeah, demeanor okay. changes because they make it about the performance because they want the camera to capture yeah. that. So then for me, it's just like, oh, this isn't, this isn't fun anymore. You know what I mean? So rather than just capturing the moment, they want to actually make porn. Right. Right. And that's the thing. If it's if it's a case of like, oh, I'm enjoying this so much, but I want it to be filmed, then I'm not mm. into it. If Understand. it's like, if like the webcam thing, it's, it's hot to me because it's already kind of set up in mm -hmm. a sense, mm -hmm. then that's fine. 
But like, for me, that's what I mean by the performative nature of it. It just changes the dynamic as soon as you say, oh, let's film it because you're enjoying it so much. Like for me, I'm enjoying it so much that I'm like, nothing can yeah. really interrupt me, me, my enjoyment of it. So that that's what kind of is a, is a, it's a boner killer for me. I understand. That's I mean, one problem about that is, especially in the fisting community, now with Twitter, I'm not on Twitter anymore, but the fact that everybody in, not everybody, most of the guys in the fisting community are posting their videos. It becomes a competition sort of things. And mm. I am part of the problem because of course, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> Who can I'm take making the videos and- You're forcing and, them to compete. But like, I'm ex- I, I really hate the competition. Like for me, it's really about the connection and you don't have to take double fist and you don't have to take to the elbow and you don't have to get punched or whatever. It's just, I want to film orgasm. I want to feel the connection. I want to film guys having a good time. And I feel like a lot of people now are forcing themselves to film and to take the hardest they can instead yeah. of really like relaxing and having a good time. So sometimes it's good to, it's easy for me to say, but it's just good sometimes to leave the camera behind or just don't use the camera for once and and she I enjoy. But just yeah, like fisting for a lot of guys became a sport and I don't yeah. like that. Yeah. It's really not my thing. So for whoever is into fisting and who um who's listening to this, you don't have to compete, you don't have to prove anything to anyone, just Take pleasure with your hole or your fist and just enjoy the ride. And that's it. (laughs) Do you hear that? No, boys, take note. (laughs) Look, you kind of answered my question, actually. So I think this is quite a nice time to end on, actually. So tell the people where they can find you, what projects you've got coming up, because you've actually worked with a lot of our recon favorites. We've mentioned Yoshi Kawasaki, Sam Siren has modeled for mm-hmm. us, Flyboy Chi has written something for the issue before, yeah. and Jamal Phoenix um, performed at our cabaret. Our cabaret. And I, also- still, I still have to, to meet him, because if I produce that film, he's right. in Jamal, yes. but I, I haven't met him yet, and I, I can't he's wait really to lovely. meet him. I know. Yes. I mean, we, we've been chatting a lot, but I can't yeah. wait to meet him and film with him. I know it's going to be so what, like a very special time. What else have you got going on? Um, what have you got coming up? Projects that the we can thing look is, forward to? Because, because Japan is in such a weird situation right now, I, I am kind of stuck here. I don't know if I will be able to travel again to Europe or the US anytime soon. I'm hoping. So for the time being, I'm actually focusing on my own playroom. I just started like last month getting a new room and I am working on it. So I have a playroom. I'm exploring with more and more Japanese guys here. Um, so yeah, that's that's my thing. Like I am introduced fisting to a lot of new guys in Tokyo and ex- <laughs> expect a lot of new Japanese pigs on my website. <laughs> What's your website for the people at home? So the website is axelabiz.com. You can also Simple, find sweet. me on Instagram. Uh, what is it? The Axelabiz. And there is a, a Twitter account. It's a fan account, uh, Axel Abyss fans. It's not run by me, but you can find all my videos, traders, and everything. Because t- I mean, Twitter really doesn't like that. me. Can they find you on Recon as well? 
Of course, Axelabis. Simply. There you go. Axelabis on everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it used to be Axelab, just Axelabis everywhere, but then I got banned and banned and banned. <laughs> so I have to be creative and find the Axelabis or Axelabis this and that. This is really annoying. <laughs> that's really punk rock that you've got your own fan Twitter base. Like, that's great. I don't have to do it, but they just do it on my behalf. It's really, it's, <laughs> that's, it's really the cute. The thing is, I, I don't have a choice. Like, my phone is actually banned. Like, if I connect on Twitter, they ban the account right away. Nice. So it's... Yeah. That's crazy that there's so much porn yeah. on Twitter and you're not allowed to be on Twitter. But anyway, the fucked yeah. up rules. Look, thank you so much, Axel, for taking the time because I know it's like a weird time in Japan. Um, <laughs> so I, <laughs> no, I really thank you for having me. So thank you very much, Axel. Guys, thank you very much, Antoine, as well, for being my lovely co-host extraordinaire it today. It was an absolute pleasure to Once talk about sexual things I, I enjoy. This has been a very sexual episode. I love it. Okay, <laughs> guys, if you've got any questions for myself, Antoine, or from this episode, please email podcast at recon.com. That's podcast at recon.com. But for now, thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.